0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash Unpacking It. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpackin' It Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson.
0: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson, excited about today's guest, Matt Schumacher. You may not know the name yet, but he is a a rising star in the play-by-play uh, broadcasting game, and I, I'm, I'm thrilled to share his story uh, with you today from a, a broadcasting standpoint, a faith standpoint. And, and so he, he calls games for Fox Sports, Big Ten Network. So you hear him on FS1 uh, doing uh, men's and women's basketball, college baseball, college soccer, uh, and then for the Big Ten Network, college basketball, volleyball. Uh, he also does WNBA play-by-play. And he's only 30. And so he went to Butler. I'll ask him about being at Butler uh, at least during one of the championship runs that Butler made with Gordon Hayward and, and Brad Stevens. And, and so he's got a good, good answer for that. And, man, he's, he's new in his faith journey. And I think you'll be encouraged by uh, kind of how things uh, got going, uh, how God really worked in his life. Um, so, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool story. So, we'll get into that in just a moment. Uh, let me thank our presenting sponsor, Metashare, and let you know uh, that Metashare is a, a wonderful option uh, for, for all of your healthcare needs. It's, it's effective, it's affordable. My wife and I have been Metashare members for over five years, and it's been a great uh, opportunity for us. Uh, and so, if it makes sense for, for your family, uh, check it out if you're if you're looking for different healthcare options. Uh, just text the number two zero one two zero one and text the word unpack. So two zero one two zero one text the word unpack uh, to find out more information about Medishare. Also, I'll ask uh, I'll ask Matt about one of his broadcast partners, former Chicago Bull, uh, and he shares a good story about him. So. We'll uh, stick around for the kind of toward the end of the interview. Uh, I'll ask him about that. But here we go Matt Schumacher.
1: Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson.
0: now on the MetaShare Guest Line Broadcaster, play-by-play guy, Matt Schumacher. Matt, so great to have you on, unpacking it today. How are you?
2: Man, I'm good. Thanks a lot for having me on, Bryce. Uh, excited to chat with you, and uh, I got no complaints, man. The sun's shining. Uh, it's the middle of college basketball season. You got the NFL playoffs going, too. So, uh, you know, for a sports junkie like me, it's a, it's
0: a fun time of year. It's the best. Now, you're you're in Indianapolis, so does that mean you're a Colts fan? And can you claim the Colts after that debacle against Jacksonville?
2: <laughs> oh, man, don't kick a man when he's down, Bryce. Uh, I'm a,
0: I root for the Colts. I'm a Panthers fan first, but the Colts are my second favorite team.
2: You know what? Uh, I grew up in St. Louis, so I'm a St. Louis Rams fan at heart. Of course, there wow. are no St. Louis Rams anymore, so I don't really have a team per se. But I married into a family uh, who's from Indy, and they have imparted their Colts fandom on me. So I was definitely rooting for the Colts the other day against, uh, against the Jags. And, uh, man, there was a lot of disappointment in Indianapolis when they didn't get it done, as you might imagine.
0: So, so what's, the, what's the talk there? People still believe in Frank Reich. It doesn't seem like – I mean, Wentz, it's like, eh, what do you do now with him? We're kind of locked in a little bit.
2: You know what? I, I was talking to a friend of mine today. Uh, we, we got lunch together and uh, he's been a Colts fan his whole life. And we both feel that uh, Carson has gotten a lot of undeserved criticism. Mm. Now I think part of that is the fact that he's the quarterback and uh, you know, the quarterback always gets more credit than he deserves probably and more blame than he deserves when things aren't going right. I love Carson West. And I think if you look at his numbers, You know, he's top 15 in the league with some of his numbers this year. So so I think it's unfair to put it all on him. You know, obviously, I'm sure he probably feels like there were some mistakes that he made throughout the course of the season. But I like Wentz. And uh, when we were talking about, okay, if it's not Wentz, who? Who are you going to get if you're the Colts? Man, Wentz is a heck of a lot better than a lot of other options.
0: That's right. And then you start over again because last year was you know, it was Jacoby and then it was Phillip Rivers and then now it's Wentz. I mean, that's hard. That's, that, that's why they haven't really been able to get that momentum going. Because the I talent's there on the roster.
2: I agree, Bryce. That's a great point. I think a lot of people might overlook that with the Colts because, like, if you go all the way back to luck retiring, yeah. it's been one or two seasons with one quarterback, then switch to the next, then to the next. No rapport. And even this year with Wentz, he didn't even have a full off season cause he was coming off that. I think it was a foot surgery. Um, yeah. So I, I would like to see them give him another year just as yeah. a, you know, casual fan of the team. And as a fan of Carson Wentz, give him a healthy year, you know, maybe put a, put a few more pieces around him in the draft or, or in free agency and see if cause they were so close this year. That was wow. so excruciating, you know, like, yeah. Two weeks left in the, in the season, I think they had a 98% chance of making the playoffs. So, ah man, yeah, I would love to see tough. them stick with this roster next year.
0: That's right. That's right. Get healthy, run it back, and still, still ride Jonathan Taylor because he's, he's a stud for sure.
2: What do well, people think about – sorry to cut you off. You got yeah. me on an NFL tangent now. What do people think about the Panthers?
0: It, it's very doom and gloom. There, there's okay. very little optimism, very little <laughs> belief in Matt Rule. Um, yeah, I, I my thought is you committed six years to him. You, you asked him to rebuild, so you got to give him three years.
1: So it, yeah. to
0: me, it's like you know whether whether he's going to do it, and even if you believe that, it, it's like otherwise you're starting over again. So let's see it play out, and then at that point you say, hey, we gave you three years, we gave you multiple quarterbacks, and it still didn't work, or all right, great. Year three, it clicked. Finally, it happened. But the same thing, like you said, where do you go to find a quarterback? That's, right. that's the issue. And this year, it was crazy in the NFL that there really weren't that many great quarterbacks. Like we're seeing them in the playoffs, but outside of that, all these other franchises are, are going, uh, he's okay. He's better than this guy. But we're... so it's, we're in that boat. You know, Sam Darnold is definitely not the answer.
2: Yeah. I also think just the league, is just keeps getting better. Like you look at the records of these teams in the playoffs, you know, nobody was even close to going undefeated this year. Uh, And I think the parody in the league is part of what makes the NFL so, so, so entertaining to watch every single weekend, including, you know, like the last weekend of the year where everyone probably thought, okay, Colts are going to roll through the Jags. They have nothing to play for. Not so fast.
0: That's right. Uh it was it was awesome. So, we still got the playoffs going on and then we'll we'll talk college basketball with you cuz you you've got your your pulse on on that sport and have an opportunity to call play-by-play for a bunch of games and a couple months away from March Madness, excited for that of course. And so, um but let, let I want to kind of share your story with our our listeners and and kind of to uh, we'll weave them together your your career so far as a as a play-by-play guy and and how your, your faith in Jesus intersects with that and, and how, you know, throughout your, your, your journey, God has uh, shown up and, and revealed himself to you and opened up doors for you and that kind of thing. But I think for, for people listening may not realize, okay, Matt's a young guy and he's already doing national play by play. And so that's a, that's a big deal. And I, I, I studied broadcasting in college and so I have a, a great respect for it. So take, take us in, how did this, this begin and, and what was your first kind of big opportunity that that sent you down this this path of of play-by-play
2: yeah um gosh my my journey is winding as as with most that's uh, right you know most guys in sports uh broadcasting of any kind whether it's sideline reporter or play-by-play or radio whatever um first thing i want to say before i jump back to your question is that this year has been god straight up Mm. like I had a contract uh, with ESPN before COVID. Uh, it was not full time, but it was that was kind of my first big break. So I'm, I guess I'm answering your question in part here. Um, that was my first big break uh, with ESPN, just as a part time contract doing college basketball and softball. It was amazing. Um, I, I was just like giddy every time I got to do a game with them, you know, as a kid growing up watching SportsCenter three times a day, working for ESPN was a dream. So I got to do it. Awesome. COVID happens, contract uh, expires, doesn't get renewed. My wife gets pregnant. Oh, um, and I'm like, okay, I, I got to go. I got to go do this thing and, and put my big boy pants on and get a real job. So I studied to get my real estate license, did that for the last year and some change. And then this fall, um, It was about late September, early October, and I I really hadn't heard much about college basketball from any of my uh, previous bosses at the various networks that I had freelanced for over the years. And I was like, you know, I don't know if this is where God wants me to be anymore. Hmm. So my wife and I, Bryce, I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. My wife and I prayed for a week straight. God, if you want me in a different space in life make it known close every door so that i know it's time for me to move on and sure enough the very next week five games in my inbox from fox and then just from there it just kept wow. going and going and going and i'm like okay like if that if that isn't god telling me where i'm supposed to be i don't know what is so wow. yeah man it's it's i got chills right now just thinking about it because that you know that week changed my life.
1: Mm.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I love it. Well let, let's go back to becoming a dad. So okay. how, how <laughs> is that is that your, your baby's been born at this point?
2: Yeah, she's 9 months old. Oh, uh, her okay. name's name Bella. And oh, like Yeah, you know it's it's funny. We uh everybody's got like I I feel I think You know, talking to my friends and stuff. Everybody's got like their plan for when they're going to start having kids, and it almost never goes to plan. But this didn't go to plan, and it ended up being the best thing ever. You know, it definitely wasn't our plan to get pregnant when dad was without a job and we're in the middle of a pandemic. But you know, God knows best, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. And now Bella's to the age where you know, if I'm gone, Molly, my wife, will we'll turn on the game and Bella will, will hear my voice on, on TV. And she kind of, she gets it now a little bit. She started looking around and smiling. So yeah, man, it's fun being a dad.
0: Oh, uh, it's, it's the best. I have two daughters, two years and then five months. So I'm, okay. uh, I'm, I'm right there with you as a, as a girl there dad. You are.
2: And you're right there with me with the uh, under one years old, man. That's a trip.
0: Very challenging. <laughs> we're trying to get the, the the nap schedule, sleep schedule down. Which is just Me a, too. daily daily battle, daily battle for sure. Well, all right. So let, let's go back a little bit further. Then, so you went to Butler for college. At what point did you know that you wanted to pursue broadcasting, and even specifically wanting to per, uh, go after being a play-by-play guy?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I've always known. That I wanted to be in sports media in some in some way. I mean, first I wanted to be a pro, which was quickly, you know, <laughs> cut. And
1: which uh sport were you hoping?
2: Well, well you know, at first it was first it was the NFL, then it was the NBA. I legitimately thought I was gonna be in the NBA until I yeah. was about a sophomore in high school, five seven, hundred and fifteen pounds, and uh got cut. A sophomore year so then i then i ran started running track and i ran track at butler was not very good thought that i could maybe make the olympics delusionally wow and um yeah i mean i was out of my mind i didn't know what i was thinking uh so anyway but before all that you know like i said earlier i love to watch the sports center uh stewart scott and scott van pelt i can watch them all day every day rest in peace Stuart scott um So anyway, when I went to Butler, Mm -hmm. I I actually wanted to be a a sports center anchor. And um, so I got involved with the student TV station. It wasn't very big at the time. Now Butler's really grown with their sports media. It's really cool to see what's going on there. But, you know, I was anchoring a show here or there once a month or whatever. And then uh, second semester senior year, I got to call a women's basketball game uh, for the, you know, butlersports.com. And I thought to myself, "Whoa, I like this this play by play thing, and so that kind of started my interest uh in pursuing that you know, graduated college, didn't have a job. Mom and dad welcomed me back in uh home and saying, you know yeah, I'm sure you do most most <laughs> most broadcasters know that uh you know, I was calling high school games for thirty bucks a pop, I was calling. Wash U, St. Louis, uh, Division Three football, basketball, baseball, for a guy named Chris Mitchell. Uh, shout out to you, Chris, uh, for giving me a chance. And then my first big, big break, I would say, Bryce, was rookie-level minor league baseball for the St. Louis Cardinals the summer after I graduated. So it took me a year to get into minor league baseball, and then that kind of just started it
0: and and at what point did you start kind of recognizing okay I can do this for a career and then we we already heard about the pivotal moment of wait is this is this what God wants me to to continue to do so so what was that kind of roller coaster ride like over the last 10 plus years
2: well if I'm being honest I've had those conversations with God at least once a year since there I graduated college <laughs> yeah yeah I, you know I mean there would be nights not that long ago, three, four years ago, where I was driving four hours in one direction, call a game, drive four hours back for 200 bucks. Now, I was single and I could I could afford to really stretch a dollar. Now that I'm married and have a child, you know that changes things. But to answer your question, when did I start to think that it could be uh, a career for me? I mean, I just, I don't know. I guess I always had that belief a little bit Mm. that I could do it I just didn't know I had dreams of getting to the network level but I always knew that okay if I can keep working my way up the minor league baseball ranks like there's there's gonna be a place for me in this industry it's just to what end mm. and um uh, man I, I just I'm so grateful for the amount of people that have helped me along the way it's at least 25 that have helped me in some significant way or another whether it's making a connection for me to someone out of the network or letting me stay at their place multiple times throughout the year for free feeding me Man. i mean i lived with a host family in 2017 calling minor league baseball because the team didn't pay but they put me up with somebody that was their form of payment so that family uh dale and carol can't remember their last names at the moment, but they took me in with another player who was, you know, stretching a dollar. And, wow. you know, it's it's people like that, man. Like, I I would not be anywhere close to calling games that I'm calling right now if it wasn't for all those different types of people that helped me. So, yeah. Gosh. Gotcha.
0: that That's cool, man. Well, and so as far as guys that you mentioned, Stuart Scott and Scott Van Pelt, other play by play guys cuz oftentimes you know we hear these play by play guys we criticize these play by play guys <laughs> as as fans um but we don't always hear maybe the 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 journey of what it takes and the the minor league you know uh, games you got to call and driving like you said for for a you know $200 type of thing um and so we lose sight of that so that's why I, that's why I was excited to have you on and and hear you at this stage of the journey uh, which is cool, but as far as some of those guys that that have made it and that have the the longevity and have been doing it for so long, um, you know, the Jim Nances of the world, who who, who have you really uh, listened, you know, and analyzed and and looked up to over the years? Good question,
2: and it, it, it's a lot, honestly. Like, uh, love Jim Nance. I especially enjoy his March Madness. Uh oh, you know, yeah, I really really like him. On March Madness.
0: Why do you say that? Because I think of the three sports he does, that's his. Interesting. Not his, it's his worst, but it's his least best.
2: Yeah, right. He's for a guy who's like best. top five. He's best,
0: he's best at golf to me. Interesting. Like that.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got sultry tones and yeah. he just does it so well. I mean, he's a pro's pro. Yeah. I don't know what it is about his basketball. I just love, I just, I think number one, he's kind of a minimalist which I really appreciate at that point in the season where, look, we know who the big teams are. We've been following them all year long. He gives us the necessary nuts and bolts and then really tees up what, what is usually his, his analyst crew of uh, Grant Hill and Bill Raftery. And those three together, I think are just money. Um, So I think he does a really good job of letting it breathe, hammering the, the big moments, I mean, he's he crushes the big moments, and then bringing in his analysts, who I love. I mean, Rath on one side and Grant Hill on the other, oh,
0: with tremendous. Jim Nance
2: in the middle. It doesn't get any better than that.
0: I agree. I do. I absolutely, because I'm a Duke fan. So Grant Hill is one of my favorites growing up. So okay, okay, yeah, lo- love listening to him. Um, all right, so Jim, you love Jim Nance. Who who are some of the other play by play? guys? I really
2: like Joe Buck, and he's a guy that takes a lot of heat, and I don't get it. But it's such a subjective business. I mean, you know yeah. that. Like, yeah. one guy could say they love you, and another guy says, oh, Bryce doesn't know what he's talking about.
0: That's
1: right. You know, everybody's right.
2: got an opinion. But I really like Joe. Love him on the World Series. Mm. Um, let's see. Mike Breen, I think, does a heck of a job with the NBA. Yep. And then I guess, you know, some guys like mentors of mine, like Brandon Gordon. Uh, he does, he does, uh, some NFL on Fox. He does tons of college basketball and he's the voice of Madden. Um, and he's a Butler Bulldog. So Ah, there you go. Yeah. There's a, there's a little personal connection there for me and he's been really helpful to me in my career. And then, um, I'm giving you a laundry list of people. I can't pick just one. Uh, I got to give a shout out to Lisa Byington, uh, because Lisa, in the last two or three years, has been instrumental in my growth, not only personally, but uh, as far as career opportunities go. And now she is the play-by-play for the Milwaukee Bucks. She mm. was the first woman last year in history to call the NCAA tournament on television. Um, supreme talent and an even better person. So, uh, and, and I can say the same for Buck. You know he's from St. Louis. We have mutual friends, and you know he's been a, a mentor to me as well, and just a, oh, cool. a, a really good guy.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. No, those are all all awesome people, and uh, yeah, that's neat. So two guys we've had on the show that we're big fans of, Dave Pass and Brian Anderson. So both, both those... phenomenal. Yeah, those See, guys this are... is the
2: fr- this is the problem you put me in, Bryce. Everybody is so good at that level.
0: At that level. There, there's no question. Then it comes down to preference. Yeah. Just kind of what style do you like a little bit more maybe than, than someone else? Yeah. Um, you know, somebody who's really on the rise who does a great job is Ian Eagle. I think he, he's been oh, underrated yeah. for a little while. He's finally getting his due. He, and now his son's doing it. He did the Nickelodeon game the other day. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's another name out there. Um, so, all right, well, cool. No good stuff. And so, um, I want to ask you a little bit more about Butler in, in a little bit as well. But as far as your faith journey goes, what what have been some of the, the pivotal moments in in your in your faith journey? And 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 I, I can kind of go back as far as you want as far as when you began following Jesus, but but what comes to mind when you think of the pivotal moments uh in your life?
2: Yeah. Well, uh growing up, we went to church. Um and my mom And dad tried hard to make sure that we were, you know, uh, growing up in the faith, so to speak. We both, my brothers and I, we all went to Catholic high schools in St. Louis. So we were learning theology daily. But to be honest with you, that never really stirred me in a way that changed my life. I kind of looked at it almost as like another subject in school that I just needed to get a good grade in and keep moving um and then i went to college and totally went away from any semblance of living a life of of christ and it wasn't until uh i guess it would have been fall of 26 uh 15 fall of 2015 i had just finished my first minor league baseball job dream job you know calling games for the rookie affiliate of my hometown team you know uh, called 65 games that summer, was living in, in the mountains in Tennessee. And I say all that because I was living what I considered my dream as a, mm. you know, young 20s, single male who loved sports. But there was something missing. Uh, and I could feel that uh, really intensely as the mm. season came to a close. And it just so happens, you know, as as God works, that a friend of mine was also going to be back in St. Louis the same time that I was going to be back before I was moving on to Indianapolis and he was like, you know, let's go get dinner, let's hang out, whatever. So we hang out and I'm I'm kind of telling him a little bit about my life and I'm feeling kind of anxious about this and that and he just starts asking me questions Bryce that nobody had ever asked me before. Like, do you believe in Jesus? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I believe in God and he's like, no, do you believe in Jesus? Mm. And I'm like yeah, what's the difference? Mm. You know, and, and he's like, uh, okay, you know, what does it mean to you that Christ died on the cross? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm 23 years old, and I grew up Catholic and was baptized and all that jazz, and I had no idea how to answer that question. Wow, that night changed my life. Uh, Aaron Pelliquin. Yeah, cool. Aaron Pelequin is is my buddy who who led me to christ basically and uh he gave me a book by john piper called don't waste your life
0: yeah i've read it
2: boy that was like drinking from the fire hose for somebody that didn't you know hadn't spent any time in church the last five years uh and i was like whoa you know whoa so i finished that book and i said where do i go from here aaron he said read john read the book of john and i'm like okay so i read the book of john that was transformative in and of itself. And honestly, each year it's just, it's grown more and more, you know, I'm really not that far into my, my faith walk, uh, you know, probably five, six years, seven years, I guess meeting my wife was life changing. Uh, we Mm -hmm. met at a small group in Indianapolis. Um, and she inspires the heck out of me every day, uh, with how committed she is to her faith. Mm -hmm. So that has, you know, being with her has taken me to another level as far as my relationship with God. So, you know, if, if I had to point to one thing, I would say it's that conversation with Aaron, you know, and then just little things along the way,
0: man. Oh, I love hearing that. That's so encouraging. And and just to, to think the importance that, that we have as friends to ask those questions and, and hear your buddy, you know, stepped out in faith and confidently, uh, you know, asked you and, and changed your life, put you yeah. put you on that path. Ultimately the Holy Spirit did, but, but your body's, you know, being obedient. That's, that's cool, man. That's gosh, that's, that's great for us to, to hear today and, and to be able to think about those friends in our own lives. Maybe it's time to have that, that conversation mm-hmm. and, and you were, you were ripe and in, you know, you you were ready yeah. to hear it too. And we have to have discernment as followers of Jesus to know, all right, yeah, this is, this is time to bring it up. This, I got yeah. to ask. So that's good. That's cool.
2: Yeah, I just I man, I so appreciate his courage too. I mean, there's yes. been moments where I could have brought it up to somebody and didn't because I felt mm-hmm. awkward about it or whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, I just think, yeah. Obviously it's it's ultimately the Holy Spirit that's that's moving and leading us to Christ and it's Christ that saves us. But right. he uses people or situations or whatever in our lives to to make it known. And that was, that
0: was that for me. Amen. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. man, I love, love hearing <laughs> that, that story. And yeah, it's really fun to have you on the show because you are early in your career and, and early in your faith. And, and so now we'll, uh, we'll be following you and keep keeping up with you. So glad to, glad to have you, have you in yeah, the mix. Man. I'm and, glad to be here and, and hear, hearing about it for sure. Um, well, you, you mentioned going to school at, at Butler, And I think you were there at least for one of the championship runs. Or were you there for both?
2: Just one. Good homework.
0: Yeah. Okay. So take me in. So I I was a Duke fan, but I I must say, I don't don't like to admit this too often, but when Gordon Hayward threw up the the Hmm. over half court shot, as a sports fan, I wanted to see that ball go in. As a Duke fan, I was glad to be a champion. It was great. It was fun. (laughs) But but what a special moment in sports history, March Madness history, and what we, were, we almost witnessed, but still an epic finish. Um, but, but anyway, the, the back-to-back run for Butler, I feel like is somewhat underrated on what was accomplished. And so you, you can speak on it better, better than I can. But what what was that like being there?
2: Well, I was a senior in, in uh, high school when Gordon Hayward took that shot. And I knew at that time that I was going to go to Butler uh, in cool. fact, I had visited a couple of weeks earlier um, and met with the track coach, and he kind of walked me around. And at that point, you know, Butler, I think, was in the Elite Eight or something, and campus was crawling with ESPN, CBS, Fox, everybody and their brother was there. And uh, the college all-stars were practicing in Hinkle Fieldhouse. So, you know, now looking back on with hindsight of, of a 30-year-old, I'm like, I know what that coach was doing. <laughs> you know, he, he was buttering me up, but, um, uh, uh, yeah, man, that, that, that was incredible. And then of course, going to Butler as a freshman, Gordon Hayward leaves and goes to the NBA and the team's still intact, but nobody thought we were going to make the national championship game again. And I got to say that is one of the most fun time periods in my life as a freshman, um, wow. I actually had red shirted that year due to injuries. And so some of my friends and I who were also red shirted hopped in a car, two door sports car, uh, <laughs> and drove 17 hours to Houston for the final four and Bryce, love God loves student tickets, 15 bucks for the final four and the national championship. No. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's yes. incredible. I never knew that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so 15 bucks, I got to watch the Final Four in the National Championship. Oh. And, uh, you know, we stayed in some horrible motel off the side of the highway. Not too. And ate Subway three times a day until, we, until our stomachs hurt. Um, but, man, it was a good time. Those teams, I agree. That is such an underrated. I think even now in, in Indianapolis, uh, people don't talk about it enough there's like an expectation now that Butler should be that every year, maybe not like a national champion every year, but like to do what they did with the limited resources that Butler has, you know, as a smaller division one school beating all these power five teams on the way to the national championship game. It's
0: amazing. It, it it really is, and it's hard enough to go back to back just to make it to the final four, let alone the championship, and, and to be competitive in both those games. you yeah. remember who? Wait, who won the second one? Who was who it? UConn. UConn, yeah, yeah, UConn. Yeah. That's UConn. UConn. Yeah, I don't like UConn as a Duke. <laughs> I, I guess I blocked it out. I blocked that one out. That's right. That was that
2: was the year that Kemba Walker led them through the through Madison Square Garden in the Big East tournament.
0: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that was, that
1: was yeah. Okay. Okay. Twenty eleven.
0: Yeah, I'm taking. Yeah, I was right out. I was right out of college at that point. Um. Yeah. So those. I mean, but those. Yeah. Those teams for Butler are just incredible. And I think I always think I think about this with the Buffalo Bills. The fact they went to four Super Bowls in a row, even though they lost, that doesn't to me that like takes a little bit away. But you have to look at the bigger picture and what what they did to get there. Yeah. Same thing with Butler to to do that. And especially like you mentioned, just the size of the school resources and
2: the expectations
0: at that time.
2: It changed everything for that school. I mean, everything, Uh, you know, without those runs, Butler's probably not in the big East. Um, You know, without, without those runs, they don't continue to recruit such highly, highly talented players at such a small school, you know, um, and then, not to mention, like the uptick in in uh, applications. I mean, oh,
0: goodness. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's it was crazy, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and more things are being built on campus. Yeah, pretty cool.
0: That is. I went to Appalachian State, so we beat Michigan Ooh. and experienced a similar uh, overnight overnight rise type of thing. So I'm was a big fun. fan of Boone, North Carolina. Oh, have you been? Yeah. When oh, I was living right.
2: in Johnson City, Tennessee, yeah, it was like clear. 35 minutes from Boone. I went out yep. there a couple times. Good spot,
0: great spot. Yeah, love love skiing, and yeah, I had a great time in college. We won three national championships, FCS level during that time, so it was it, it was a lot of fun. Um, all right, la- last thing we could talk all day, so we'll we'll have you on uh, again and, and get into some some other stuff. Um, I, I saw that you've ca- you've called multiple games with Dickie Simpkins, yeah. former Chicago Bull. And maybe only diehard NBA fans like myself maybe remember Dickie Simpkins. But how fun has that been to call games with him? Uh, and, and is there a, maybe a, a bull story that you can share or something that uh, a takeaway that, that he's, he's shared with you that you can tell our listeners about the bulls?
2: First of all, Dickie's the man, supremely good human being, man of faith. Oh, cool. Loves you the youth like he's he's big in the youth basketball scene down in Chattanooga which is where he lives oh, wow. um yeah I started calling games with Dickie like three years ago you know and it started off as just like okay you know Matt here's a couple of games that we have we'd like to get you on your partners Dickie Simpkins whatever and he and I have just developed a friendship over the years because we've gotten to work together so much he's just so fun to work like oh, he, cool. he adds a lot of flavor to the broadcast. Has a good time with it. As far as um, stories about his playing days, I don't have a Bulls story, but I have a Kobe Bryant story.
0: oh all right. Well, you see Kobe on the wall.
2: Yeah. He so Dickie was in training camp with the Lakers right after he three peated with the Bulls, and I'm not sure how long after, as far as years, but he was in training camp for, for a couple weeks. And he said, when he got there, Kobe, all he wanted to talk to Dickey about was MJ. Mm.
1: What
2: What did MJ do in this situation? What did MJ do when he left the when he left the the arena? What was MJ's pregame routine? What did he eat before the game? What was he like around the, you know this and that? He wanted to know everything about Michael Jordan, is what Dicky said. And it was it was funny because, you know, at the time Kobe Bryant's like this twenty one 22 year old kid Early. who's just trying to soak it all in and and i thought that story really exemplified a how much respect kobe had for michael yep and b how badly he wanted to be great mm. uh, and take from the best player of all time michael george
0: gosh that's cool yeah. that's that's yeah. great I, I, I feel like Kobe did that with whoever he, he could that knew Jordan or was a teammate. <laughs> now I, that would be fascinating to hear the different, like the different perspectives on the players that saw Jordan and how they answered those questions. That would be a, that'd be a fascinating uh, yeah. story. But,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, no, that's that's a great, great story. So that's fun. You get to get to call games uh, with him for sure. Well, Matt, gosh, uh, it's it's been uh, real encouraging to to talk with you, and, and excited to to have you on the show today. And we'll be uh, we'll be listening for you, watching for you. Fox Sports, Big Ten Network, uh, also WNBA with the Chicago yep. Sky. Um, and so, uh, man, keep, keep up the great work and you're just getting going. Can't wait to see what God does in your life and, and, and does throughout your career as well. So, so thanks Amen. for, for being a part of unpacking it.
2: Well, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for reaching out. I can't believe we've been on for 35 minutes already. It went live like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be following along with your podcast too. And, uh, keep up the great work you're doing. Cause I think this is such a cool idea and it's needed. So, thanks
0: for having me on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Matt. There's Matt Schumacher joining us here on Unpacking It on the Metashare guest line.
1: Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
0: remember the name Matt Schumacher so listen out for him as as he calls games and as you know if you listen to the show we love having broadcasters on we love talking broadcasting talking about their faith and and so uh he's now we we add him add him to the list so we'll be uh watching watching and listening for him and, and and rooting for him to to continue to grow and and get more opportunities as a broadcaster he really is just getting going so very, very cool to talk to him. The two big takeaways that I wanted to unpack further is, man, can I relate to wondering, all right, God, what do you want me to do next? Is this what you want me to continue to do? And if it is, please make it evident. I know that prayer. I understand that prayer. And and I hope that that all of us are willing to get to that point and hold all that we're pursuing with with open hands. And so, you know, Matt wanted to do play by play and some, some challenges. And all of a sudden you have a a baby. that changes your perspective on things to bring it before the Lord and to say, all right, God cares about those things. He cares about what we, what we do for a living. Now, ultimately he cares more about how we're doing it to honor him, to glorify him, to remain obedient to him. But if he wants us to do something else and and we seek him and, and ask him to show us a different direction, he'll point us the right way. We just have to be willing to take, take the step of faith. So so I, I'm sure somebody listening today, you've been wondering, you've been wrestling, ah, I don't know what to do about my career. Continue to bring it before the Lord, but we have to be in total surrender to where whatever the answer is, we have to be willing to be obedient. Sometimes it means stay. Sometimes God asks, asks us to stay exactly where we are, a little bit longer. Sometimes he asks us to stay a lot longer. Sometimes he says, leave now. It's time to go. I've called you somewhere else. Sometimes he will ask us to leave and not reveal what's next just yet because he wants to test us and grow us and change us as we wait for the next door to open. But if he's clearly asked us to go and as we seek him and know him and, and know his voice, he will make that evident. And and so we have to continue to open hands, open hearts. All right, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? Um, and take the steps when he says, Take the steps, wait when there's not a clear answer, um, test, you know, test, test the answers too. Uh, we can get wise counsel, but, but sometimes we're like, well, I better keep praying about it. I don't like that answer. <laughs> if he's made it abundantly clear and you feel it in your spirit and you know, uh, then you got to go. You got to go or you got to stay, whatever, whatever that may be in your, your situation. And so uh, cool to hear from Matt, the, the opportunities presented themselves and, and God made it clear. And, and so he was able to, uh, to continue down this, this path of, of broadcasting. And then, of course, the, the other big takeaway, what, what a cool story. Just uh, I, I think we talk about in the, in the Christian community, oh, we got to witness to our friends. We got to tell our friends about Jesus. And here, here is a story of somebody who just a few years ago sat down for, I forget if he said lunch or dinner, with his friend, and his friend asked him, key poignant questions uh about Matt's faith. And Matt had to think about those things. And God began working in his heart and began, you know, speaking through you know, a, a great book like Don't Waste Your Life. And then ultimately through the word of God in, in John. Um, and so that's a tremendous story. Um where where now Matt is walking with the Lord and, and growing in his faith. And it was a friend that uh, he used the word courage. That it, it was—it's courageous. Which, in some ways, it shouldn't. It should be really easy for us. Um, but there, there are thing, There are—we have an opponent. We have an enemy that doesn't want us to tell people about Jesus. We have our own insecurities. Uh, we don't think that we have all the answers to explain, or, or we don't want to ruin relationships. And but the most important thing is, we want our friends. We want everyone but the people that especially that we're in relationship with that we can have these kind of conversations uh, with, we want them to know Jesus. We want them to experience eternal life. We want them to experience the joy and peace that comes from knowing Jesus and knowing that our eternity is secure in him. And so I, I, I tell you what, I'm challenged and encouraged by this conversation to have those conversations with people uh, in, in my life that, that maybe I haven't taken the next step to really ask the key questions. And to figure out exactly where people stand uh, with their faith oh yeah they oh yeah they go to church or oh yeah, they say they love God, but do they really understand what it means that Jesus died on the cross that he rose again and that he's inviting us to follow him to surrender our lives to him and to spend eternity with him and so uh, and then ultimately walking alongside you know one another as we grow in our faith because especially new believers, they're trying to figure things out. They're trying to understand what does it really look like to follow Jesus day in, day out um, and, and live according to God's word. And so we, if, if we've been walking with Jesus for a while, we we got to pour into and, and help disciple and uh, walk alongside uh, our friends that, that are coming to faith and coming to Jesus and understanding maybe for the first time who, who Jesus really is. So it's exciting. So that was cool, man. That was a fun, fun conversation. Uh, I didn't necessarily know a ton about him going in, but uh, I was, that was a pleasantly, surprisingly awesome, fantastic interview. So I hope you enjoyed it as a listener. Uh, would love your feedback. Shoot me an email, Bryce at UnpackingIt.com. Thanks for listening today. It's the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by
1: MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackin'it.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackin'it.com slash donate.